This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, visit them at a ham fest near you or call 920-435-2973 or online at pl-259.com. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for ham talk live it's episode number 105 using winlink recorded live on thursday march 8th 2018 i'm your host neil rap wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live tonight we're joined by steve waterman k4 cgx and phil sherrod w4 phs about Winlink, and we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Andy Maluzzi, KK4LRW, was here uh, to talk about the Collegiate Amateur Radio Initiative. And if you missed that, you can always listen. Just go to hamtalklive.com, and you can listen to any of the past shows. And uh, if you have a podcast player on your phone or your tablet or uh Online, You can go to any of those podcast outlets and hear us as well on the podcast version. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and also over on YouTube. Uh, you can catch us there and a lot of other uh, podcast players as well. So you can find us just about anywhere. So uh, have your questions ready to go. After the interview, you'll be able to call us. And uh, a little word of warning, if we can't get calls tonight, which I think we can, but we were having some Skype uh, difficulties during our test a while ago. So um, we'll, we'll hope for the best here. The phone number is 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812 812- Six three eight four two six one. You can definitely call us on Skype. Uh, we're Ham Talk Live on Skype, and of course you can send us a tweet. Uh, we're on Twitter, and that Twitter handle is at Ham Talk Live. So we'll be checking that after uh, we get through the interview part of the show, and uh, we'll look for you uh, in one of those. And again, we hope the phone lines are are back in order, but. Uh, Skype is being Skype again, like it used to be. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, live radio at its best. So, hopefully that'll uh, work out. But I'll be back with Steve and Phil right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. 
Stock up on those supplies like PL259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Who is the most dangerous person in the world? A ham with some wire, a potato gun, and an idea. Now, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Thanks again to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They'll be in Toledo, Ohio at the Ham Fest there on March 18th and April 6th and 7th. They'll be in Belton, Texas. And on April 7th, they'll be in Staunton, Wisconsin as well. And you can always reach them online at pl-259.com and by telephone at 920-435-2973. Well, our guests this evening um, are Steve Waterman, K4CJX from Nashville, Tennessee. He's the WinLink 2000 Network Administrator and part of the WinLink Development Team. Uh, Steve has been a licensed TAM since 1955, and he operated CW from 1955 until 1984 uh, when he was introduced to digital communications, and he's an auxiliary member of SHARES, the Department of Homeland Security's National Cybersecurity and Communication Integration Center, National Coordinating Center for Communication Shared Resources High Frequency Radio Program. But yeah, that's why you just call it SHARES. Um, and it serves on uh, the data working group and acts as its WinLink administrator. He's also on the FEMA Region 4 Regional Communications Coordinating uh, Working Group and serves as chairman for their OXCOM Working Group. Uh, he's a member of the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency Communications Unit, uh, the Tennessee Homeland Security District 5 Communications Committee, and the Williamson County EMA Reserve Program. Phil Sherrod, W4PHS, is from Brentwood, Tennessee, and that's just outside of Nashville. Phil is one of the lead software developers for WinLink, specifically the user software. Uh, Phil earned his extra class license in 2009. He's an assistant emergency coordinator for Williamson County ARES and named Communicator of the Year for Navy Mars in 2014. Phil is an avid contester, DXer, and volunteer examiner. Phil has also developed extensive training on MCOM, especially revolving around WinLink. Phil is also active in SHARES, and I won't read the whole acronym thing, um, but the Tennessee Emergency Management Agency Communications Unit and the Williamson County EMA Reserve Program. And you can find out more about WinLink at winlink, W-I-N-L-I-N-K dot org. So, uh, Steve and Phil, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here tonight. All right. Well, I, I uh, had reached out to you all to uh, be on the show, and and. I, I, I honestly know very, very, very little about WinLink, and 
Um, I know that right here in, in our community, uh, we have a, a VHF node and, and, uh, some friends of mine said, yeah, well, you know, if you need to, you know, in a disaster to, to put a spreadsheet across, you know, and send it somewhere across town through, through this. And, and you've got, you know, locations that you have closed or something, and you need that in a spreadsheet where it would take too much time to, to do it by voice. You can, you can do it over WinLink. And so, uh, that's something that that's being kind of experimented with, um, in this area. So, um, Tell us exactly what WinLink is and, and how it works. Well, I'll take the lead on that. A WinLink is a worldwide system for sending email via radio. And when I say worldwide, I, I'm using that term literally. I don't know of any place on the face of the earth where a person with an HF radio, a decent antenna, cannot send and receive email through the WinLink system. The email it sends is standard email. It is a just like you'd use with uh, Yahoo or Gmail. It's a, a, a text message, and it can have attachments. Uh, the attachments could be pictures, although they have to be small pictures. You can't send giant pictures. It could be spreadsheets. could be Word documents, PDF files. So you can send multiple attachments. You can send text. You can also send HTML forms, uh, which are nice, attractive-looking uh, ways of send, sending information like an ICS-213 form. And when you send a message into the WinLink system, you can either send it, address it to another WinLink user, or you can address it to a standard Internet email address like a Yahoo or Gmail account. And if you do that, the message goes into the WinLink system, and then the WinLink system, after receiving it, forwards it on uh, through the Internet to the ultimate recipient who uh, could be a Comcast user or someone else. And that person can reply from their non-WinLink system, and it goes back to the WinLink system, which then stores it in, in one of our common message servers, which is our backbone system, until the recipient connects to the system and then retrieves their messages. It could work in a jungle. It could work in the middle of the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean. Uh, we have RMS, as you can connect to, uh, literally all over the world. <clears throat> it's been used in virtually every incident where communication was cut off for significant periods of time. Uh, most recently, it was used extensively in Puerto Rico after the hurricanes ravaged that area and all the other communication was down. But it's been used many times in other hurricane areas, particularly along the Carolinas and in Florida, uh, Katrina. It's been used in other incidents as well. Certainly when they, when they had the earthquake in Haiti some years ago, it was used extensively to communicate from the island after that. So that's that's a big that's a big picture. It's a system for sending and receiving email via radio. Uh, typically, it's used over HF radio, but it also can be done over VHF, UHF radio using uh, packet formats uh, rather than uh, the HF protocols. Okay, yes. very okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. We, uh, we we do the VHF thing around here, so that's uh, that's something uh, something additional there. Uh, now, if you're wanting to add uh, WinLink to your toolbox for MCOM, so, you know, say you want to set up a VHF uh, um, system for this, how do you go about setting that up, and, and then how would you how would you use that in an emergency? 
Sure. Well, there's a a big difference, of course, between VHF, UHF packet-based connections and HF connections. Let me talk first about HF because that is the most common use of Wendlake. And certainly in disasters, you'd want to use HF because a VHF, UHF, which is restricted to the local area, may not be functional if the local infrastructure is down. So for the HF side, there are multiple ways that you can connect, and uh, the, 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 the speed and <laughs> depends on your budget, just like uh, buying a car. The deluxe way, which is used by most agencies and it's used exclusively as the only method by a shares organization, is using a, a, pro, a protocol called PACTOR, that's spelled P-A-C-T-O-R, and it uses a, a very high-performance modem. Uh, unfortunately, it's also quite expensive for the individual ham. Uh, it runs 1500 to $1,800 for just the modem, not your radio and computer, but just the modem itself for Pactor. Uh, that's a lot of money out of the pocket of an individual ham, but for agencies that are used to spending five to $7,000 on uh, P25 radios to go on the, the belt of a copper fireman, uh, it's very affordable. Now, for an individual ham who doesn't have 1500 to $1,800 in their budget to buy a Pactor modem, you can do it using a sound card protocol. And the sound card protocols are just as reliable as Pactor. They do not have quite as good a signal-to-noise ratio, and they are not as fast as Pactor in terms of sending large attachments. But for small messages, they, are, they work just very well. And we have several different sound card protocols. Uh, they're the most popular one currently is one called Winmore, but there's a transition going on from Winmore to a new one uh, that we've de- that's been developed uh, called ARDOP, A-R-D-O-P, and there's another one called VARA, V-A-R-A, that's coming along as well. So you've got multiple choices in the sound card field. Now, if you use a sound card protocol and you have a modern radio that has a sound card built into it, and I think most modern HF radios that are being produced today include a sound card in them, then you don't need any additional hardware at all. You just have the computer uh, send the sound digital signals to the radio uh, sound card, which then does the, ra- the modulation for the air. So, so you don't have to buy any hardware at all. If you have an older radio that does not have a built-in sound card, then the, the, the way you go is you buy an external sound card box called a Signalink, S-I-G-N-A-L-I-N-K, and it's a $100 box that connects between your computer and the radio and, the radio and does the sound card function and sends the sound into the radio for transmission. So that would be the way to do it on the HF side. Now, on the VHF, UHF side, uh, it's, there, there are two choices there, either 1,200 baud or 9,600 uh, 9, baud. Uh, if you go 9,600 baud, then you're pretty much going to have to buy a hardware modem. Uh, the most popular one is the Cantronics 9612 Plus, uh, which is oh three to four hundred dollars, probably closer to four hundred dollars. Uh, but if you go twelve hundred baud, then there are several uh, much less expensive packet modems that are in the hundred dollar range for twelve hundred baud packet. So you've got the first decision is VHF, UHF, or HF, and then you've got your sub choices under that. Uh, I might add that uh, 
packet is uh, being replaced in larger uh, communities by a mesh network, which also works uh, well with WinLink. Um, and Phil, you might want to elaborate on that for that last mile communication. Well, I th- I'm sure a lot of your listeners have heard of mesh networks, which are uh, becoming quite popular in many ham communities. And uh, mesh networks use Wi-Fi signals, microwave, uh, typically in the 2.4 or 5 gigahertz range to provide broadband communication in a community. And the WinLake software, some of our software, is works very well across mesh networks. In fact, we've designed it to, to provide functionality specifically for mesh networks. Uh, our RMS relay program is works very well as a post office server on mesh networks. And in addition to being a post office server, messages sent through the mesh, it also acts as a, a POP IMAP SMTP server so people can connect using standard email software like Outlook to send and receive messages through there and into the WinLink system. So we, as Steve said, we do integrate with mesh networks as well. And we've just basically WinLink is, is fits into many different categories, into mesh, into BHF, UHF packet, and also into the HF, uh, which is uh, used most widely and apparently certainly the most important in terms of emergency communication support. Okay. Um, now, then what do you have to have as far as the software goes? You you write the software. What what do you have to have uh, as far as that goes to, well, to get the, it set the answer, up? Well, okay, the first good news is all of our software is free. Uh, we do uh, request and would appreciate a, a small donation from those who use it, but that is totally optional. Uh, you can use it forever, as much as you want, without sending any money whatsoever. So there's no cost to using the WinLink system, no cost for the software, and no cost for sending or receiving messages uh, wherever you may be. In terms of the software you you need, for an end user who is connecting into the WinLink system, and they're not running one of our radio message server sites, for an end user, they just need one program, and that is the WinLink Express program. WinLink Express is a program that uh, we produce, WinLink Development Team produces, that uh, is is an email client specifically for WinLink. Uh, it's a it's it's a very rich feature program with lots of features, but it's also very simple to use. You can get started uh, in literally in a matter of minutes, and I have uh, taken people who have never seen it before and had them using it effectively to send and receive messages literally in within less than 15 minutes. It's not hard at all. On the other hand, it has a lot of features deeper in it that you can grow into, picture editors and HTML forms and all sorts of things. So the, the answer to your question is you need the WinLink Express program. Okay, so you just download the program, do a little configuration in that, and and you're off and running. Yeah, that is the, correct. Uh, the program can be found on the WinLink website. Um, it's very easy to find a, a, a lot of uh, uh, what we've talked about on that website. So anybody that has an interest that hasn't had an interest before and uh, wants to experiment could certainly download that software and have at it. It's pretty intuitive. 
Okay. Uh, now, Steve, let's let's switch over to you here for a minute. Um, you were telling me uh, earlier about uh, some opportunities to do this outside of ham radio, and and we were uh, just mentioning some of that on shares and mesh and and, and all kinds of different things that this kind of fits into. And uh, with some of the um, rules and regulations and that kind of thing, sometimes outside the ham radio world uh, might, might avoid some issues. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about shares and, uh, and some of the um, dedicated uh, frequencies that you've got to, to do this um, without being in the amateur bands. Okay, well, first of all, uh, on the handbands, Winlink is worldwide, uh, but there is much more to Winlink uh, because uh, the hams have generated uh, a lot of interest uh, because of its success on the handbands during uh, tsunamis, earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, uh, any kind of mass casualty event where the local communication infrastructure is gone and you need to send a message that doesn't fare well over voice, like an inoculation inventory or what have you. The ham bands, uh, the problem with the ham bands is that the amateur radio service, uh, part 97, is a public service more than it is an emergency service. So it's uh, good for health and welfare, but uh, there are a lot of regulations that don't allow it uh, to serve the agency as agencies wish to be served uh, that use uh, volunteer communicators, including amateur radio operators. Um, there's HIPAA information. Uh, there's no way to obscure data. Uh, there's a lot of people that cannot operate when uh, a lot of uh, non-government organizations that cannot operate uh, when they're being paid. Uh, so there's a lot of restriction on the handbands. There's no channelization, uh, no guarantee there won't be interference. So having realized that, uh, our government and other governments uh, both have uh, have uh, made it possible uh, for agencies to uh, utilize amateur radio operators uh, uh, for uh, the HF radio emergency services. Uh, a typical uh, EMA emergency management agency or a typical uh, communications uh, employee in any organization. Uh, is more concerned about uh, public safety. They're more concerned about uh, fighting with vendors. Uh, they're more concerned about uh, uh, politics. And the last thing they want to do is learn how to and operate an HF radio station, even though they realize both voice and data may be necessary uh, and um, belonging to so many organizations, they hear about success stories constantly. So the government... Uh, the Department of Homeland Security, under what's called Title 32, which is domestic support uh, for civil authorities and critical infrastructure partners like uh, non-government organizations, hospitals, what have you, um, they have provided a, a possibility for agencies, and the agencies, it's highly recommended that these agencies utilize amateur radio operators uh, uh, to install and implement these systems and operate these systems. Uh, obviously, they want the amateur radio operator to be trained, um, and they want the amateur radio operator to um, 
leave their badges and their club hats and what have you to door and enter with their skill sets. So one of the main uh, reasons Winlink was chosen by uh, NCC Shares uh, is because it has the ability not only to operate as Phil described, being a bridge to the Internet, but it also has the capability of operating completely without the Internet. So an, a radio message server that you would, as an end user, communicate into uh, is no longer a conversion process to take the radio signal and convert it into TCPIP or SMT and SMTP mail and send it somewhere else to be sent out as an email message. It be, the, the radio message server becomes a node on a giant HF mesh network. Uh, so the Department of Homeland Security has provided uh, some HF frequencies for us, quite a few, from, from approximately 3 to 21 megahertz, and they're uh, mainly exclusive channels uh, that Winlink operates on 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Unlike amateur radio, radio message servers in homes, these are mostly in hardened sites um, with a little bit more stringent requirements and a little bit more uh, consistency. So um, that's how it uh, that's how it it works here. Of course, the uh, Canadian military, the the Australian government, uh, the Federation of Micronesia, uh, the UK, and other countries utilize non-amateur and un- well, uh, international Red Cross. I, I can't pop them off my out of my memory that quickly, but they all uh, uh, use both amateur and non-amateur uh, services um, uh, utilizing Winlink. So there are many aspects of Winlink that that the hobbyist, the amateur radio operator, uh, really doesn't uh, see. Uh, and I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, we need to we need to get to break, but. Uh if you could do it in just a real quick time, I do want to mention, uh, you know, the support. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, you do have a a way to take uh, donations to uh, assist with the development and the servers. So, uh, just real quick, can we uh, can we kind of touch on that? Right. Well, you when you you uh, <clears throat> we're a five hundred one c three charitable organization that's what funds this uh uh that's why everybody gets things for nothing and uh the reason why what what we uh we have a little uh built-in uh what i call nag screen that pops up when you first use winlink express and you can ignore it uh by taking it down and then it might pop up uh, i don't know what three or four days later if you use it every single day it might pop up uh three or four days later and then you can ignore it again. There's a little pop-up screen that gives the information in Winlick Express, the client program, uh, of how to, to donate. There's also um, information on our website, and there's information on ARFSI.org, Amateur Radio Safety Foundation, Inc.org, um, that, uh, uh, that our website leads to that has uh, that information. So there's two things. There's a donation and there's registration. But they both, one, you get a tax write-off uh, for your 
a donation of any size. The other is a small amount that uh, uh, is a registration, and it is not tax deductible. Um, the registration, you receive a little code, and you put that code inside the the uh, uh, Winlink Express, and then you never see the pop-up message again. Okay, very good. Well, let's take a break here, and uh, we'll take your questions. Uh, we've, we've got some coming in already uh, on uh, on Twitter and, and on the website here. Um, so we'll get to those, and uh, we'll be back right after this word from the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting and Amateur Radio Newsline right here on Ham Talk Live. The National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting, located in Westchester, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, is only two minutes off I-75. The museum is the former home of the Voice of America Bethany Relay Station. Tours are now available every Saturday and Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can see the control room, a 200,000-watt transmitter, and the most comprehensive collection of inventions by the iconic Powell Crosley Jr. Also on display is a huge antique radio exhibit and R.L. Drake's personal collection of most every Drake amateur rig ever made. This is a unique opportunity to see amateur radio in action and have a chance to get on the air from WC8VOA. Admission is only $5 a person, the museum is located close to historic WLWAM and tons of shopping and restaurants. Take a trip to the VOA Museum or visit us online at voamuseum.org. Nominations are now open for the Amateur Radio Newsline, Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, Young Hem of the Year Award. I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Since 1986, we've had the honor of celebrating the accomplishments of youth in ham radio, and we want to know about your exceptional young ham. You'll find the rules and a nominating form by clicking the YHOTY tab on arnewsline.org. Fill it out, send it in, and we'll see you and an amazing young ham at the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest in August. Thanks, and 73 from Amateur Radio Newsline. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at HamTalkLive.com. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's time for your calls. If you have a question for Steve and or Phil, give us a call. It's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812-638-4261. If you're on Spreaker, you can type us a comment. We'll see that. And... Um, you can tweet us at ham talk live and that's, uh, where we're picking up a lot of our, our traffic so far this evening. Um, so first of all, we, we heard from Ron and he wants to know, are there, uh, are any of the modes Winlink uses, including the new, um, RDOP and, and Vera that you guys just mentioned, uh, decodable by third parties, 
Um, also, uh, yeah. are the users me... of these modes identifying in a form that the average person monitoring can decipher if the message content can't be decoded? Let me answer so that. Phil, oh, 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 okay. Uh, let me answer that. The 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 uh, any mode, whether it be Pactor, CW, or Packet, whatever you. You have to have an intelligent uh, uh, recipient, uh, sometimes a machine, sometimes it could be the human ear. Um, any, any of the modes that, uh, that are on there, uh, if you have the proper equipment, uh, if you have a Pactor modem, you can, re- you can copy Pactor. Uh, if you have a, uh, um, a Vera uh, modem, you can copy Vera. Now, the difference is between... A broadcast mode and a data transfer mode is a broadcast mode does not have uh, ARQ. It does not have packet-by-packet uh, packet error correction. So as a third party, you can copy, but you don't get the error correction. The other aspect of this is that we use a publicly listed compression called B2F, which is on our website, winlink.org slash B2F. Eve, the code, the actual code, the compression code is on the website. And that, uh, that for example, if you uh, uh, downloaded a file uh, that was a text file, we can compress that 50-some percent. We can compress a doc file 82 percent. But those are public decompressions and uh, compressions, and there's, uh, that's what the SCC requires. In addition, there are two options for identification of a station. Uh, one is FEC, which the FCC asks us to provide uh, to replace, but we still have it, the CW identification. So after each transmission, there's an FEC. Trans- uh, uh, this is only on the handbands. There's an FC- FEC uh, identification, or there's a checkbox if you want to go back to the CW days, and you can use CW ID. Um, does that answer those questions? Yeah, um, Phil. Did you have anything on on that? Well, the actual, the literally, the the source code for our compression and decompression can be downloaded from the winlink.org website. It's uh, public domain. Uh, the entire source of the RDOP uh, program, the protocol for uh, modulating and demodulating, and the fast Fourier transform and all that is public domain. It can be downloaded and examined. There are non-WinLink systems, uh, BPQ and some others, uh, that send and receive WinLink messages that use this code. So, so a person, someone, someone else other than the WinLink team can use their what we make available to write their own programs for uh, sending and receiving or decrypting, or not decrypting, but uh, parsing messages that we send. Okay. So, you know, we, so do, we, we, do, we do not allow any... Uh, obscuring of data or encryption on the handbands. Of course, okay. I got to make. I have to make something very clear. It's the control operator. You know, it's not Microsoft. It's not Yezu or Kenwood or the hardware vendor or the software vendors or any of the software providers that are the control operator of the station. The control operator of the station is responsible for what goes out on the handbands. Uh, I think in just about every country that. We operate, uh, and we don't control the control operator. We provide a system for them. So a, a good control operator follows the rules. Uh, a, a, a bad control operator sometimes doesn't. 
Uh, we don't have control over that, just like any other mode or any or you know sideband or anything else. But people shouldn't expect to be able to just turn on their computer and turn on the radio and 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 just instantly do this. There, there's going to be more to it than that. Oh, definitely. This is not like PSK 31 because it does the messages are compressed, and the compression, while it's public domain, is similar to a zipping a file, and so you can't just look at a zip file and figure out what's in it without decompressing it. And as Steve mentioned earlier, uh, the ARQ protocol, which Winlink uses, which is similar to what the Internet uses, involves sending packets and then receiving ACKs or NACs back and then uh, possibly resending the packets, and the packets have forward error correction in them as well as the ACK and NAC retransmission. So it's it, while you could certainly do it, uh, it's by no means a simple task, simply like turning on a computer and looking at PSK31 streaming down your um, screen. But you still have to have the software to decode PK32, PK32 or anything else uh, other than CW, which you copy by air or sideband voice. Everything has a piece of equipment that converts it so a human being can, can, can understand it. Okay, well, let's move on to uh, some others. We got a tweet from James, KH2SR, that says, Wish we had an iPhone app for WinLink. Well, actually, there is. We do. We are working with uh, someone in Florida who is right now working on an iPhone app for WinLink. Uh, I don't have a uh, a status update on when the possibly. product might come out of that but but there is someone actively engaged in developing that okay so that's uh in the works paul says uh on the website here ics forms are universally used by all yeah okay by all agencies so okay all right and let's see what else we've got uh by the way uh, oh yeah go ahead uh, the ICS for the we have ICS forms, medical forms, and mi- amateur radio forms, radiograms, uh, all kinds of templates on Winlink Express that go into an H that, that look beautiful because they are done through HTML. Then a text file is sent, I believe, uh, a small file is sent, and the receiving end has HTML, so they get the beautiful files that they can print out. Or send forward. Also, um, if you don't have a beautiful, uh, if you don't have HTML on the receiving end, then it is a formatted text message that comes out. But we have templates for just about all the ICS forms and forms that our government and amateur services use. Okay. In Winlink Express. Very good. And we've got another one, and it's from K6FCC. Uh, wants to know, can uh, can you use Winlink on DMR? Well, I uh, guess the answer would be no. I'm not sure what, what that exactly means, but I think the answer would be no. Yeah, I don't think you'd have enough bandwidth and throughput to to make it work through through all of that um with all that uh, going on all digital conversion already going on so um no expert on that but that'd just be my my guess here uh while we're talking about uh bandwidth um 
I know that uh, there's been some uh, debate over, um, you know, the need for for bandwidth and, and specified channels um, on HF, and and it sounds like the, the shares thing is kind of the um, the answer to some of that. That you've got some some dedicated yes. space for it. Yes, uh, Part ninety seven dot two two one established some years ago a subband in uh, 80, 40, 20, 15 meters uh, that uh, provided for automatic operation. It is very narrow. When you look at Pactor uh, with a minus uh, 30 dB, uh, a 2.4 kilohertz signal, and the total amount of space available on 40 meters is a 5 kilohertz space, um, the SEC is looking very closely at uh, – the growth of digital communication and the fact that uh, there is no real space for uh, higher speed uh, data transfer operation. And, uh, I mean, there's 15 kilohertz on uh, the other bands, five on uh, 40 meters, so, uh, and none on the, the uh, work band. So that is being looked at uh, with the advent of these new protocols not having to buy an expensive modem uh, coming out on sound cards that are already existing in radios um, that the manufacturers are providing. I think that uh, uh, just like a sideband did with AM, uh, AM did with CW, uh, it's going to force the issue. Um, But, yes, you're correct. Uh, Bandwidth is very limited. Uh, It's a very narrow spectrum. And that's why the government has provided other options for uh, real-life uh, emergency communication. Yeah, and, you know, there's – there's uh, <laughs> I found out today that there's, there's a bit of a, um, you know, a, a debate over some of that with, with causing, you know, interference to um, other services and other modes and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, there's just only so much spectrum out there. That's right. Uh, that's exactly right. A lot of time. I mean, you've got to remember, uh, on 40 and 20 meters, you're not just tearing the FCC uh, bands. You're here, uh, United States. You're hearing Canada. You're hearing Mexico. You're hearing Europe. And they don't have the restrictions that we do. Uh, they don't go bandwidth by mode. Uh, they go bandwidth. They go band plan by bandwidth. So uh, they they are in. Uh, they're not exactly. Uh, they don't follow the same restrictions that we do under the FCC ruling. And uh, you've got to also remember that there's a lot of other services out there besides WinLink that utilize these protocols like HFLink, uh, BPQ, uh, and on and on. And, and uh, so when you hear something, unless you know exactly what it is, and uh, it, it, if it's in the United States – and it's over 500 hertz, and it's not in the subbands. Then you've got a control operator that doesn't know the rules. Okay. Well, we are out of time, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure, as always, we could uh, we could go on and on. But uh, want to thank you both for coming on and and filling us in a little bit on this. And uh, maybe uh, maybe that could be helpful. Maybe we can get some people over on shares and and, and get 
get uh, going on some of this stuff. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you very much, and we appreciate it. And uh, the shares system is uh, a giant system. It dwarfs what's on amateur radio, um, and uh, anybody interested in that uh, might want to just email me or uh, I'm on the website as a Windic administrator. I'm the one you email, anybody interested in in the SHARES uh, system. SHARES does not solicit individual hams. Uh, SHARES solicits agencies. So it's good if you have a connection with your local agency, um, EMA, uh, SHARES office. I'm going to have to cut you off. We're out of time. Seven three. That's a wrap for this week, and next week I invite you back uh, Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. John Mills, KC9BRX, will be here to talk about local and state Skywarn nets. And for all of our upcoming guests, just go to hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. <laughs>